Hi, this is Sharice Kenyon, and you're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, all about beauty beyond the BS. You may have noticed I've been away for a couple of weeks. I haven't been well. I had the most horrendous cough. It might even pop up while I'm recording this. I'm hoping not, but I'll just have to take a breath and edit it out. Um, So yeah, I've been pretty sick for two weeks. And during that time, I've had lots of time to read the books that I keep putting aside to listen to podcasts that I've always wanted to check out, watch documentaries that I've always wanted to see. And a theme that just kept coming to me was the concept of lessons that we learn. I feel like since the pandemic hit, we've leaned way more into self-help. And just earlier this week, I watched YouTuber Matt Diavello talk about how self-help used to be this thing that people would never discuss. It was kind of cringy, something that wasn't cool and kind of implied that you were lacking something. And in at least the pre-pandemic world, where it was all about being a girl boss and being booked and busy, it seemed like nobody wanted to appear as if they lacked anything. It was very much, it's very much a lifestyle of we've got this, we work hard, we play hard. But, you know, it takes something like a pandemic, perhaps almost three years of living through it, to really bring about lasting change. It's changed how we work, how we live, how we think, how we relax. And I think actually that even the concept of self-help during the pandemic almost became something, instead of being embarrassed about it, people were kind of into sharing it more. I've never seen so many books shared, especially on finance or your mindset, spirituality. And again, in Matt Diavella's YouTube episode that he put out last week, I think it was, he pointed out, I think it was around 30,000 self-help books would be released each year before the pandemic. But since the pandemic, that figure's gone up to around 80,000. So it's clear that we're almost ravenous for something that will help to affect change in our lives. Like we really, really need it. I think during the pandemic, some people found it almost easy to come up with wow, this is what I'm going to do with my life. Whereas many of us were kind of like, okay, I feel like something needs to change, but how? So we've been looking for lessons from other people, you know, people that have gone before us perhaps decades ago, perhaps even longer than that, or perhaps really recently, people that have learned lessons before us and they kind of resonate with us and they help us make change in our own lives. So. It really got me thinking about how lucky I am to have this podcast, actually. Recently, I co-hosted an episode of the legendary beauty podcast, Fat Mascara. Definitely going to leave a link for you in the show notes, as it was so much fun hosting with Jen Sullivan. Fat Mascara is, you know, epic in the beauty industry. And in that conversation, Jen asked me about what were some of my favorite episodes of Beauty Me?, I told her that they would always be the ones where I felt that I learned something from my guest. And in that moment, I really did realize I'm very grateful that people give me their time. I'm so grateful that people sit with me and give me their real honest self for that hour. 
when someone sits with you and comes from a place of complete honesty, you can't fail to be inspired in some way and perhaps learn a lesson. You don't just learn about that person and their life experiences. You kind of learn how you too could live differently. So this week, I wanted to come back and share some of my favorite lessons that I've learned throughout over 120 episodes now. And I've called it Five Ways to Love Yourself. I feel like everything I mention coming up now is all about loving yourself. And it's I'm not telling you it's about self-care. I'm I'm really giving you the things that made me feel differently and learn to accept myself, which of course, you know, acceptance can only lead to love. So I know that many listeners won't have managed to listen to every single episode yet. So I also thought this could be a cool cool way to share some of the moments that have meant the most to me. And do feel free to check out the full episodes later on. I'm going to be sure to give you the episode links and the numbers. And if you've listened to any of them before, if anyone has really resonated with you and taught you a lesson, I would love to know. So hit me up in the DMs at Beauty Me Podcast or email me beautymepodcast at gmail.com. I don't know if it goes without saying, but this is, of course, a beauty podcast. However, I've always strived to make sure that it goes beyond the surface. For some people, applying makeup is a form of therapy. In episode 72, I spoke with New York-based photographer Brinsley Edwards, and she was just this really refreshing person that admitted that everything she knew about skincare she learned from TikTok, and that she only got into skincare and makeup during the pandemic. I remember feeling almost envious of Brinsley's very recent discovery of makeup in particular, because for her, there really were no rules. It was pure play and therapy. In this snippet, Brinsley shares how she made the leap from shooting looks on models to playing with makeup on herself and where she finds inspiration. So I've been a beauty photographer since 2017 and I would shoot these fantastic, elaborate makeup looks on these other people. Um, But I never knew how to do eyeliner on myself. I never knew that I could wear whatever colors I wanted on my eyes. It didn't have to be neutrals for mm. daytime. I mean, I look like I'm going out to an evening. I love party it. Right now. It's a little <laughs> intense, but, um, but yeah, I, I shot it on other people, but I didn't consider it something for me. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't know that it would be like such a thrill every time I would do it on myself and like to see myself, with this art on my face, I didn't understand the appeal because I didn't know it. Mm. And now I'm like addicted to it. <laughs> oh, really? So is it a daily yeah. thing for you? Do you create different looks every day or does it come and go like when you have the the muse or whatever, the, the vibe? Um, I try to do something a little different each time because, you know, I just have, I've just accumulated so much makeup and I want to be able to use <laughs> yeah. it all. I don't want it to go to waste. So. Yeah. When it comes to these these looks that you do create, where do the ideas come from? Are, are you someone that's massively into reading books or fashion, or or is it just from from an idea that you have? Um, so I really like to watch what my makeup artist friends are doing on Instagram. I mm. have 
Um, you know, I watch Katie Jane Hughes a lot. Yeah. She does a lot of her tutorials. Mm-hmm. I mean, like all the foundation of makeup I learned from her. Like I honestly, I met her a couple years ago mm-hmm. and then I was like, wow, I could do whatever I want on my eyes. <laughs> um, so I watch her, I watch, you know, I have a few other friends that I watch their tutorials mm-hmm. and, um, I do, I recreate their looks sometimes if they're comfortable with that. And yeah, I, I also do try to think up stuff in my head. Um, you know, I've lately, I've been trying, I'll get like a vision in my head Mm -hmm. of what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I try to like chase down every detail of it. Like if I have a photo idea, maybe I just see the lighting in my head, but Mm -hmm. then I'm like, okay, what does my hair look like? What does the makeup look like? What's the color palette? Instead of just like making it up on the spot, I try Mm -hmm. to like really investigate what I'm seeing in my mind's eye. Recently, I popped into Self Space in Shoreditch, London. It's a space created by two therapists, Jodie Karras and Chance Marshall, who both wanted to make therapy more accessible and flexible for everyone. It's a gorgeous space, and I'm hoping that I can get the founders on to a future episode. Check out the space in the reel that I created. You can find it on Instagram at Beauty Me Podcast. It just gives you a view of how it looks in there. It's just this lovely, calming space that seems the perfect place to have a therapy session. It really made me realize how much further I want to go into therapy on the podcast. And in a recent episode with licensed therapist Fumi Monet, I learned that even more. I just learned about the importance of giving yourself the gift of therapy. And the feedback I got on the Fumi episode, you know, I had so many people saying how needed it was. And I also did a poll on my Instagram, I asked people if therapy was part of their regular routine or if it was something that scared them. And happily, a lot of people said that therapy was a regular thing for them. But sadly, quite a few people said that they just were scared of it, that they weren't ready to go down that rabbit hole yet. And I really understand that because I think I kind of feel the same For me, therapy seems like this Pandora's box that I don't really need to open it at this stage in my life. I fear that it might throw a lot of things up. But, you know, if you want to get to the heart of things, that's what you have to do. So definitely working on it on a personal front. But I really wanted to share this clip from my chat with the Dallas, Texas-based therapist, who also happens to be a content creator with her own perfume line, by the way. I just wanted to find out why Fummy thought therapy works. And this is from episode 121. I think the biggest thing is a lot of people just don't feel seen. You know, you go through life, right? You're maybe you're a mother, you're a student, you're like a wife or a mother, anything. But you you go through life feeling like it's on autopilot, feeling like, you know, you're just going through the motion, but you don't necessarily feel seen by somebody. And I think going to therapy can help you feel seen by yourself to understand even if nobody sees me, I see me, you know, turning that eye, turning that spotlight on yourself so that the eye in your, the eye in your sentence, in your story is now a capital I mm-hmm. because you acknowledge and accept yourself. You love yourself. 
And that journey to self-love is the best thing you can do for yourself. Sometimes you learn a lesson that you didn't even think you needed or weren't looking for. I found that in the episode with FACE founder Jasmine Wicks-Stevens. That's FACE with two A's, by the way. It's a skincare range that Jasmine started alongside several other businesses that she already had. We sat down in her home and after a tearful spell on my side, which I'm so thankful we actually lost the footage of this this interview. I was really annoyed at the time because it was a face-to-face. You know, I had that video footage. But now I'm kind of glad because I'm pretty sure my husband slash producer would have used it in a blooper. Um, But yeah, I did get emotional. And I think it's because it was my first interview face-to-face during those early lockdowns, you know, when we were kind of like allowed back out to do stuff again. And a key message that came through from this conversation with Jasmine was she said that you cannot have it all in life and that that is okay. She didn't say you can't have it all in life and that's that. She just said that it's okay. I think she struck a nerve because pre-pandemic, we were still in that girl boss era. And I feel that women in particular did not feel comfortable in saying that they couldn't manage I feel like mums who also worked and had businesses and relationships felt that they were not allowed to have any flaws. In episode 42, Jasmine talks about having multiple businesses, a family and a marriage comes with sacrifice. I should say that back when we spoke, Jasmine only had one child, Frank, who she mentions here, but she now also has baby Rudy. When he first came along and was sleeping really badly like I wouldn't even brush my teeth some nights because mm. I'd be so exhausted let alone you know tan or mm. <laughs> or shave or you know I, I used to be really into like coloring my hair like baby pink and all those things oh, yeah. that like take time just wouldn't even do anything like that I mean like I'd say my roots are bad because of lockdown but my roots are always bad so you know <laughs> they're just extra bad now I love it you're just keeping it real though yeah. because it's like you're kind of shattering that I think there's a lot of pressure on women that there's that whole, you can have it all. Oh, God. I say that all the, every time I get interviewed about anything to do with my life, the one thing I always try and bring up is literally that, that I think there's so much pressure on women to, to have it all. And I actually, like, it's quite probably a controversial thing for me to say, but I actually don't think that women can. I think whenever you're really giving something your all, then it comes at no, the sacrifice of something else. So, you know, like... I didn't take maternity. I found out I was pregnant with Frank pretty much the same time when I set up known. So I do feel like it's taken um, us longer to really have like a really close bond because I didn't take that time. And I kind of, now we have, I kind of realized that. So it's not like I had depression or anything, but Mm -hmm. I just didn't invest that time because I was investing so much into my work. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I think that 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 is the challenge as a woman. I don't think you can have it all. I think whatever you're really giving your heart and soul to means that, you know, something else has to give a little bit. And that's something that you have to really work hard at. Mm. Someone who really, really struck another chord with me emotionally is makeup artist, content creator, musician, all-round artist, Ellie Luna. She is a force. I feel that she's got so much more to come. She's done a TED Talk. I'll be sure to leave a link for that for you. Sometimes, even when you only have the phone or a laptop to communicate through, someone can really speak to, you know, for want of a better word, your soul, like the real you. And they can kind of grab you and give you a wake up call. 
And that's how I felt after speaking with New York-based Ellie. In episode 77, Ellie talked about having a Beyonce work ethic, you know, like looking at your work over and over again and refining it and doing it again. She also talked about overdoing it on skincare, which was actually really hilarious. But where she really hit home was when she opened up about how a global crisis can shake up your creative process and also how you approach life. Here she explains the moment she realised that now was the time to truly change things up. In this past year, I've, I've learned that I thought I was thinking big, but I wasn't. I learned that, um, I said my word, my two words for this year are expansion and audacity. And um, I really saw how I wasn't showing up in my life. And I thought I was, which is really scary. <laughs> um, so that was a really powerful revelation. And um, I, I just feel like I, I learned that I'm more capable. But what's interesting about it is I didn't, I wasn't even considering these things that I feel like I'm capable of. So it was just a complete blind spot. <laughs> so I feel like I was living in a little sheltered corner of the world. And now I feel like I'm seeing, you know, I see the lay of the land. My last lesson comes from Tiwa ogun founder of Confident and Killing It. She's a London-based confidence coach, and I remember very clearly when I first saw her. She was hosting a workshop during the Beauty Stack Summit back in early 2020. So it was a time when many of us were reaching out for online information. Tiwa truly had this glow about her, and I believed everything she was saying. I say that because... Personally, I can be quite dubious of life coaching or coaches in general. I feel like we went through this era of coaches selling coaching courses to future coaches. And now we've kind of switched to content creators, creating courses for future content creators. But yeah, like I said, at the start of this episode, I really wanted to share the lessons I've been lucky enough to learn. And often the best lessons come from guests who are just completely honest about who they are. And I really believe that Tiwa is that person. I believe what she's saying. And I feel that she's someone whose words, they kind of sit with you long after you finish the conversation. So I was so grateful to speak to Tiwa. And she's doing some amazing things right now. She's sharing her inspiration in the form of a book. She's got a book called Confident and Killing It. It's available for pre-sale now. She hasn't asked me to do this. I'm going to leave you a link so you can pre-order it. I think it's out in July, but I just know that Tiwa's words from the webinar stayed with me. And then when I invited her onto the show, I got to have that face-to-face and I'll never forget it. Check out this snippet where Tiwa shares, as someone that has all the advice in the world for us, what advice she would give to her younger self. So what I would say to my younger self is that there is more to you than what you look like. Because when I was a teenager, I thought my whole existence was about my body and my face. And it wasn't until I really woke up to my purpose that I understood that the message in me is so much greater than what I look like. And so my worth doesn't depend on my appearance. Mm -hmm. Like my worth is my worth. I will always matter. I will always be good enough regardless of what I look like um, or how clear my skin is or isn't. 
important. Um, so yeah, so that's like what I would go back to say to my teenage self. And I think so many young girls struggle with this. When you're a teenager, what you look like is the center of everything. Um, and that's why I really love like organizations like Dove who do a lot of body positivity and they actually go into schools to run workshops to show young girls the amount of airbrushing and editing that goes on mm -hmm. behind the scenes that we just see on Instagram and we think, oh, it's just a selfie. But really, is it just a selfie? Um, so yeah, I would tell myself to know that there's more to me than what I look like, that I have a purpose and that I have a beautiful message that deserves to be shared with the world and I shouldn't let how I look hold me back. So that's my five lessons in loving yourself. If I had to sum up each lesson, I would say that from Brinsley Edwards, I learned that it's okay to just play with makeup in life, in my photography. From Fumi Monet, I definitely learned that I should book a therapy session. From Jasmine Wick-Stevens, I learned that I can't do it all and I don't need to. Ellie Luna reminded me that I only have one life and I need to live it to the fullest. And Tiwa Ogunlesi reminded me that I matter simply because I exist. While prepping this episode, I really enjoyed revisiting each of my guests and realised that there are actually many lessons in each episode. So when you've got time, be sure to check out each of these episodes in full. I'll share all the links for you in the show notes. Let me know what you've learned over in the DMs at beautymepodcast or email beautymepodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could rate and review it, share it, and be sure to sign up for my newsletter at beautymenotes.substack.com. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time.